0: Hi, I'm Danny Walker. Welcome to my channel. Thank you for joining me today. If you're new, please subscribe. And if you're returning, welcome back. Today, I'm going to be talking about the five things...
1: Hey, you guys, this is Brittany Nicole Brooks, your host for today. And thank you for listening to Pageants and Prosecco. I am super excited about today's episode. As you just heard, we are talking to Danny Walker, Miss Montana USA 2018, and probably famously known for her YouTube channel, Danny Walker, by the same name. Her YouTube channel, just to go a little bit more about Danny before we start today's episode, her YouTube channel was actually nominated for the 2018 Global Beauty Awards for one, Best Social Media, two, best video blogger, and three best pageant content. Her weekly blogs and content range from all types of stuff like beauty tips, how to pose in a swimsuit, how to stop your shoes from rubbing, how to win your pageant with smiling secrets, National American Miss tips, her chronicling her journey from a low-income high-crime neighborhood to where she's at now traveling the country visiting pageants and her most recent venture as a social influencer and entrepreneur now includes an online clothing boutique which provides clothes and wardrobe for women for interview as a devoted poverty advocate working with over 50 nonprofits since 2004. Danny's ultimate goal is to establish a global brand that provides additional services and products and tries to narrow the opportunity gap for people of all socioeconomic classes and enabling them to do more and be more. I hope you guys really enjoyed today's episode. I was super excited to finally talk to Danny. She's one of my people who I want to talk to since I decided to make the podcast so i'm glad she agreed to come on the show and talk to us and she drops so many gems and nuggets all during this episode i'll you guys pick up on it and also read the book that she recommends to us and i'll let you guys listen in so you can see that but i hope you guys really enjoy this episode Danny is like a guru and a pageant community and i love everything about talking to her and i hope you guys enjoy it so let me just stop talking Now, and here is Danny Walker, Miss Montana USA 2018. Hello, Danny. How are you?
0: I'm so good, Brittany. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm so excited to get to talk to you. You were one of my main people when I started the podcast who I wanted to reach out to.
0: Oh, that, that means so much to me. Thank you so much for saying
1: that. And it what is true because I've been following you on YouTube for some time. <laughs> and then to see you just like rise in the ranks of pageantry and to just like follow your dreams and become really, I think you're like one of the first social media beauty queens is that a title? Do we have those? <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm not sure, but I'm, yeah, I'm sure something along the lines of social media makes sense.
1: Yeah, you're like a trendsetter because it's only going to birth more and more beauty queens who are um, social media famous or YouTube famous or Instagram famous, you know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I like that idea, like being a little trailblazer. That's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you do so much in the pageant world. You're not just a contestant, but you're also a coach as well.
0: Yep. Yeah. I coached, I've emceed, I've judged, I've worked behind the scenes. So I've literally seen every aspect of pageants.
1: All right. So then starting from the beginning, how did you get started in beauty pageants? What persuaded you to enter your first pageant?
0: Oh, wow. Well, I, I first started competing in 2004. It was my birthday. I had turned 14. And so it was on my actual birthday and I was persuaded by my aunt to try it out. Um, She had actually received a mailer and inviting me to some sort of open call, uh, you know, orientation for a pageant. And um, her daughter wasn't interested, but she thought of me and my family thought it'd be a a great idea because I was such a tomboy. I hated dresses. I never wore makeup. Um, Like anything that you would associate with being girly, I was against. So... They figured, well, you know, she's a teenager now, so maybe we should try to get her involved um, in something to help develop her feminine side. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I tried it one time, and I didn't really enjoy my first pageant, but then when I went on to my second one, I placed in a couple of competitions, so that is what, I guess, drew me in and gave me the pageant bug was starting to do well in it.
1: Nice. Um, What was the first pageant you competed in?
0: The first one I competed with, I'm in, excuse me, I'm not sure if it exists anymore. It was called Nationals, Inc., the Cities of America pageant. So they would just go to cities and they never had state titles, (laughs) but it was just all of these city titles and then the city queens would go and compete for a national title. I did not win that pageant, by the way. I didn't even place. Nothing happened there. So don't be discouraged, girls.
1: Yeah, it happens. It happens. I think I did a few pageants before I even won, like, the congeniality or any optional awards. Like, I'll just walk home with nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: I remember. I was there for many, many years going home with nothing. But if you want something bad enough, you got to keep coming back, keep growing and improving.
1: Yeah, That's so true. And you're currently Miss Montana USA 2018. Yes. <laughs> How many tries attempts did it take you to win Miss Montana? <sighs> <laughs> it took it took
0: seven years of competing but within those seven years seven years I competed for multiple local titles as well within the USA system because in the first f- I would say four to five years around that mark when I was competing I was, sort of just in college or just out of college, and I was so broke, I could not afford registration fees for the state pageant. So the only way I could attend a state pageant was to win a local. So it took me several years to win a local to finally attend that state pageant, but I I believe I competed at the state level four times and for four years and three years prior to that, I only competed in locals.
1: Oh, nice. I didn't know Montana had locals. No, that was when
0: I was living in California. They did have locals.
1: Okay. Okay. I do know that. Yeah. (laughs) I do know that. And I know, like, Texas has local USA titles, too.
0: Yes, I think Texas, Louisiana has them. I know Florida used to, but they're not doing that anymore. Um, There's quite a few states that do it. That's pretty cool.
1: So what did you learn each time you competed or as you grew through the ranks of being a contestant and you got better and better each time. What is something that you learned about yourself during that time period?
0: So that's a really, that's a really great point. Every time that I competed when it was, I was really fortunate, I would say, but I was also really dedicated. I was really fortunate because every time I competed in a local, I started from the bottom, no placement, and then I got better and better. So I went from no placement to a top 10 to consistent top five placements to winning a local. And then the same thing happened at that state level, and I think it's unique for every girl what you're going to take away because we all have different strengths and weaknesses. So for me, looking back on my journey, a lot of hair and makeup help. That was (laughs) that was that was there was a big learning curve for me there, just learning about wardrobe, hair, makeup, and styling. And I think if you want to compete in USA that's very important to grasp and understand and there's shortcuts to that there's hair and makeup lessons there's people who can dress you so you know you don't have to be like me and take seven years (laughs) Um, and so not only that but along the way I think I was really confronted with this idea because I was never a front runner I was never somebody that you know, people paid attention to at locals or state pageants. I was really under the radar. And uh, that was this ultimate test of comparison and confidence. So I had to start deciding to like myself and to really like myself, regardless of what other people thought, because that was one of the hardest things was going home. I would say not only losing every time um, or maybe not placing, but was just seeing how other contestants were so favored. And I had to look at myself and say, okay, am I going to let that get to my head? Or am I really going to say, no, I'm qualified for this job and I'm going to keep at it. So it was hard to keep at it um, when you weren't, when I wasn't really successful for a long time. Because friends and family thought I was insane.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned two good points, which is that people think you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that um, the front runners, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times people get intimidated and I just competed in pageant myself in August and there was a clear front runner that everybody was Mm -hmm. just cheering for all all over social media before we even left to go to the pageant. So then you get there, you're just like, oh, great. Like, why am I even here? You know, I think that kind of gets in people's heads a lot, too, especially if you're new. But then you never know, like they could have a bad day. They can just not be the girl that the judges want that day. You know, you got to focus on you and what you bring to the table, not yes, on them.
0: That's a really, really great point. I always tell my coaching clients who, who come across that issue of, oh, my gosh, there's a girl. She won this title, and now I'm competing against her. And I always tell them, number one, no one's unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, which, and I won't mention who it was, but at Miss USA, there was a front runner. And everybody was raving about this girl. She was, you know, everybody has their own opinion, but she was predicted by many sites to be in a top five to to win the pageant. And I saw her at rehearsals, and she displayed a clear lack of confidence. So when other girls were talking backstage, you know, oh, who do you think is going to win? And they had mentioned her. I said, there's no way she will win. And they were like in shock. They were like, well, why do you say that? And I was like, because the job of Miss USA is to demonstrate confidence and exemplify that for young women. And you cannot give from what you don't have. And she doesn't have that. You know, she's in this competitive atmosphere and the cracks are beginning to show. And if it was that evident to me, as a contestant who you know wasn't with her the whole time um then it would be obvious enough to the judges and I mean now sure enough she didn't win uh which not you know not like a yay she didn't win or anything like that but sometimes those front runners they're going through their own struggles like they're going through their own journey right and even though on the outside, they may be the most beautiful or most experienced or look like the most prepared. They might be someone who is still struggling with their own confidence issues. So my advice to girls is why waste your time, a minute of your time focusing on that girl who you might not know it. She might not be very confident at all behind the scenes. Like why focus on her? Just focus on being your best self. And if you are the most prepared and most ready for that job, the crown will be yours. You'll have put in the work. So don't focus on those front runners, so to speak, because it does not always pan out that way. Now, I mean, if a front (laughs) runner is very, very prepared, then she very well might win. And that was her year. That was her time. But don't worry so much about it and don't let that get to your head going to a competition.
1: Yeah, because then you kind of automatically lose.
0: Right. Yeah. like so I look at it and I'm like, why are you even competing then? If, you're, if you really believe that she's already won, why, what's the point of you being here?
1: <laughs> right. Love it. I love it. Okay. And then you also mentioned how people kind of think you're, you know, family and friends aren't necessarily the most supportive group of people. Um, especially if they don't know about pageants and what you can gain from them. So how do you kind of convince family, friends, loved ones that this is something that you want to do and to just kind of have your back and support you doing this?
0: I think that sometimes that they won't. And I was just having this conversation with Kristen Dalton, Miss USA 2009, when I brought her on my YouTube channel and we were discussing this whole issue. And it's really a good point. So when you have this big dream be it pageants or anything else and if there are people whether they are family or friends or your partner whoever it is if they're not supporting you then you do not need to live your life in a way that caters to what they think is best for you and sometimes you're just going to do things in life that they disagree with and that's fine i think because that's you know your life as long as it's not you know harmful to you But I lost friends over the years because I kept competing in pageants or did kind of crazy things like wanted to have a YouTube channel. (laughs) And (laughs) I was sort of glad for it more because it really, my unique experiences revealed to me who was really supporting me. And at the end of the day, that's who you want to surround yourself with. So you're not always going to be able to, like I said, prove yourself. Um, When it comes to your family and your friends supporting you or not supporting you, I think what's really important to remember is that you don't always need their support or their validation. And I know that that's really difficult, especially for people who tend to be people pleasers. And along my journey, I lost some friends because they didn't support me and they thought that what I was doing was crazy and really unrealistic especially since i wasn't doing very well especially since i wasn't coming home with the crown year after year and what i realized was just that you don't always need their support and sometimes it's a blessing in disguise when you find out who doesn't support you because at the end of the day you do not need those people in your life because if they don't support you in a pageant they're probably not supporting you in other areas of your life or with other dreams. And why would you waste a minute of your life with those type of people? I know it's a little harder when it's family. Um, and especially if you're living with them and with family, you just sort of, you have to sort of push through. And sometimes that means not involving them in the things that, that you do. And that, that happened to me too. I reached a point where where my family and friends stopped supporting me completely. They just stopped coming to any of my pageants and it was painful. It was painful to stand on stage, especially when I lost and not have anyone there after the show. Um, But I knew in my heart that I had this desire that I believed God placed in my heart. And there was something inside of me that told me to just keep going. So I did. And I'm so glad that I did regardless of, not having the support of people
1: around me. Wow. 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 That's so, that's a, well, thank you for sharing that for <laughs> one. That's a crazy story. So sad, but I understand. I totally understand. What was in you to want to just like keep going? What did you see as a benefit in pageants for you just to continue to keep going?
0: I loved that every single time I competed, I learned something new, whether, It was something as I would say, well, that it doesn't matter so much, but whether whether it was something like hair and makeup or whether I had improved in interviews or whether my body language changed because body language is something now I really emphasize to clients, the importance of it in life and in pageants, or it was a new relationship that I had gained. So for me, there was something that I took away from every pageant. And that's really how I approached each of my losses is I looked for, okay, I didn't get a crown, but what did I get here? So that's one of the biggest reasons that I kept going. And the other was, and it's a little indescribable, it was a true physical feeling literally within my chest. I could feel this, I can't describe it any other way, but this like fire inside of me That said, this is for me, and I and I can do this, and I believe in this. So, that was I would say definitely something that that motivated me. But it's sort of an indescribable feeling.
1: Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Because you like it's like getting bit by the pageant bug, and you just want to just keep doing and keep doing because you do learn more. And you're like, okay, well, if I fix this mistake this time, well, I found this mistake at this pageant, so let me just come back next year and fix this mistake. He's like, okay, well, what else I can, can I improve on? You just, just want to, to be- keep going, keep going. I wish you we can compete in pageants like every week because by the time you <laughs> finish the year out, you know, <laughs>
0: I know that's why the girls in the south are so great, actually, that that's why they just kill it. I have so many clients who do have that opportunity where they have high school pageants or they just have these small city pageants all the time. So, I'll have girls who maybe lost a state pageant that they really really wanted to win and then they'll do like 10 local pageants and then they'll compete for state again and then they win state and i think it's because of all the practice that they have
1: wow i wish i had that option that'd be kind of cool
0: yep me too <laughs> it definitely is a sport <laughs> it is an expensive one oh boy
1: yeah yeah um uh, so let's talk about miss usa Mm -hmm. i was actually there in the audience watching you guys and all the other girls there
0: i love that i didn't know that but i love it
1: i tried to i think you were on the other side i know you guys were separated Mm -hmm. um when the teens were competing Mm -hmm. for finals you guys were on different sides half the states were on one side so i saw the girls on one side and i didn't go over to you on your other side you know i'm talking about on different sides of the stage yes
0: yes yes i know exactly what you mean i wish you would Mm -hmm. have come and said hello
1: i know i know (laughs) i was there for pageant planet so i was recording for on instagram and all the other fun jazz stuff oh nice Mm -hmm. i love Pageant planet (laughs) so at miss usa can you just talk about the whole week experience what it was like is it really like a dream come true and just everything about miss usa
0: It was an absolute dream come true. As soon as I got there to check in registration, the entire process was less structured than I thought it would be. They don't tell you where you're going ahead of time. Uh, You get to registration. There wasn't an exact registration time, which did surprise me. You're sort of on your own schedule, and you have to go to all these stations for registration and fitting. So you have to make sure on your own, that you get a swimsuit, that you get an opening number, that you do all of those things. You're assigned a house mom and she is sort of your go-to person for you go to her and you're like, I'm lost. Where am I supposed to be right now? I have no idea. So I, I was fortunate. Shout out to Vanna, my house mom. She was just so sweet. I loved her so much. I was fortunate with that. And for me, my, everybody's experience is different. I wondered how I would handle it, how I would handle meeting these gorgeous, talented women from all over the country. And I realized when I looked around the room and got into registration, you know, everybody's sort of sizing one another up, right? It's a pageant. We look at one another. Yeah. <laughs> and what I realized was looking at these gorgeous girls did not take away from my own beauty or strengths. And I did not feel in any sense, intimidated. In fact, I felt more confident because I said, Oh my gosh, I am one of these women. This is so exciting. So that really, that really made me happy. Um, it will be the most for all of the girls listening who eventually go to Miss USA. It'll be the most exhausting experience of your life. You have the first couple days, you have events and you might have three to four events in one day. And your day starts at 7.30 a.m. You're downstairs, full hair and makeup. You go to three or four events. You're changing on a bus. You're changing in bathrooms. You're changing all over the place. And you're not getting back to your room until after 11. And then at that time, your house mom comes in. She tells you what you're going to be getting ready for the next day. And things are constantly changing. So I was supposed to go to one event. And then they tell me, oh, no, we're going to switch you with another title holder. You're going to go to a different place. So it was just nonstop fun and excitement. It exceeded my expectations. I think we all hear horror stories about big national or international pageants, crazy behind the scenes things. But one sort of resounding thing that we all said backstage was how fortunate we were. We had a great class of women. So we were waiting for you know girls to turn and be catty or, or be mean. And we really didn't come across that. And every day, a lot of us would comment on that. We were like, wow, we have such a nice class of girls. So it, it was really great that the girls were so, so kind. Um, but one thing I will say is when I got there, I, am, I was the oldest contestant. So that changed the way that I approached things. And when I got there and had a house mom and I had to check in all the time and we just were always on this schedule, I was like, whoa, this is not my normal life. Uh, I'm (laughs) self-employed. I like to go wherever I want, do whatever I want at any time. So that was a, a tough pill to swallow for me, getting there and being so managed and some girls loved it. I'm telling you, some girls were like, yes, like do my hair and makeup um, <laughs> and, and uh, send me wherever I need to go. I'll be there. And that's just not something I enjoyed. So when I got there, I realized, oh, okay, if this is what it's like, I don't think I am best qualified for this job, honestly. And I, I thought I would make an excellent Miss USA. 100% I believed that. But would I really enjoy that whole experience or different aspects of it and to me I decided no not so much so I was fully able to just enjoy the whole experience without feeling the need to be competitive or have any pressure to win which kind of made it better for me.
1: (laughs) So was it really like a true sisterhood and group of women um, just coming together and just happy to be there or was it like Was it any competitiveness and cattiness at all?
0: I I had heard things from other girls that maybe they didn't necessarily get along with their roommate. But I think that's going to happen when you have two strangers rooming together and you're not used to one another's habits. I did hear some isolated incidents of that. But I can't understand that because you're in close quarters with someone who you've never really met or lived with, and now you're going to live with them for almost two weeks, and you're going to share a bathroom, and you're going to need to be at the same events at the same time, and you're running on no sleep. So I can understand how tensions run high, but other than that, the Miss Universe organization did an exceptional job really reiterating that point of what a sisterhood it was, and there were so many events that they created to facilitate great friendships and relationships while we were at Miss USA, or opportunities for us to get to know one another one another. Like when we did speed dating, that was really fun. Getting to talk to almost every single girl that was there that you might not otherwise meet because a lot of the times we're not at the same events. So I went several days into Miss USA before I even met half of the girls because we were at different events. Oh which surprised me. I was like, oh I thought we were all gonna be hanging out. But no, they there's too many things to do. So you're all
1: on different schedules. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And they're filming different things at different times. Right okay cool and I did watch your um one of your videos where you mentioned that they fit you for like you you don't choose the color you want an opening number or the kind of swimsuit you get so that's that's true
0: oh my gosh there were so many things like that that I was like whoa I thought I get more of a choice yes so it depends on the year which they change every year it just so happened that for us they divided us up in whatever order that they wanted basically so that you wouldn't have two blue dresses beside one another on stage so they wanted them mixed up so luck of the draw I ended up in the mocha section and then you could only choose a mocha colored dress and then the styles are pretty similar so it for me it didn't really make a difference and then for swimsuit They started, they brought us in in groups of threes, and it wasn't in alphabetical order, and it didn't even seem to be in the order that we arrived there, although they said it was. So I was just confused by that, and you just sort of had to wait your turn, and by the time you got there, you're just left with sort of what was there. They did their best to swap out some styles, but what happened was if you went in the first half of fittings for swimsuit, then that's when all the solid colored swimsuits were taken. And the only thing really left was the printed swimsuits, which is why myself, I only, I had two printed swimsuits and then Sarah who won, obviously the same thing happened to her. She went towards the end just like me. So there were only printed swimsuits.
1: Oh. So what all do you physically bring to competition? Just your evening gown and interview outfit?
0: Oh no. Oh my goodness. They tell you that you need a day outfit and a night outfit for every day of the competition, plus athletic wear, and then plus outfits they they messaged us a couple days before we left. They they said that we needed outfits that represented our hobbies, activities and careers as well. So for anyone that wins best advice start shopping as soon as you win your state title for those wardrobes but those pieces because you'll be bringing if you compete 11 days that's a minimum of 22 outfits what
1: oh I guess that is true
0: yes and it sounds like oh you know oh one day and one night outfit and then when you think oh my gosh 22 and that you're competing with 50 50 other girls and those girls might have sponsors so a lot of those outfits it might be a cocktail dress or it's really expensive pieces of clothing so start start shopping as soon as you win so you can space out those expenses so you don't end up spending several thousand dollars
1: right before you leave to miss usa that's so true as far as um competition outfits what did you what all what did you have full control over
0: For a competition, we can wear any interview outfit, and then our evening gowns are approved when we show up at Miss USA. So there's like day one, you see everybody's gown. So you have to get your prelim and finals gown both approved. And if it's not approved for some reason, if it's too sheer, if it's too low, then the wardrobe department takes your dress and they alter it, and then they give it back to you right before the show.
1: Oh, my God. That sounds kind of stressful. It it
0: is a little nerve-wracking. I know it was so weird to see girls backstage, and then the wardrobe department was saying, no, we can't let you walk on national television like that. We have to put a lining in that dress. And they were just taking away girls' dresses. So it was interesting.
1: Oh, my geez. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I always wanted to know. And then I also want to know, what was it like when you won Miss Montana, knowing that you're competing live on television in front of, Millions and millions of people. Was that kind of nerve wracking for you?
0: Oh, to win my state pageant? Or what do you mean? To go well,
1: to. Yeah, like once you won your state pageant and then you're like, holy cow, I'm going to be on TV. D- oh. Is that nerve wracking at all for you?
0: That doesn't bother me at all. I've grown up on stage performing in musical theater. I'm a singer and I'm a dancer. So I've always performed for big audiences and I used to compete in talent and pageants. So I love being on a stage and really none of that affects me,
1: fortunately. But I
0: I feel like with some girls, that might be something that makes them nervous. But for me, it was
1: just another day on stage. I guess it's true. I also heard, uh, I think Nia Sanchez said that they practiced so much that by the time they got to the final show, it was just like muscle memory at that point.
0: Yes, that's very true. There, we have extensive rehearsals. But one thing that's surprising is that sometimes you'll only get to do, for example, or practice your swimsuit walk or your evening gown walk once. So what surprised me was you had one shot to walk in your evening gown on the actual stage with the cameras so we had everybody got one walk and that was it and then you go to prelims because the rehearsals are primarily for the staging lighting and sound mm -hmm. technicians and we just have to a lot of the times we're just sitting in the audience watching a lot of it so you got that one shot for final dress rehearsal before you did prelims and that was it so you get to walk one time so when they tell you make the most of your time in rehearsals you really have to it's not a time to pretend you know to mess around in a rehearsal you have to be full out at all times because you only get a
1: handful of times to practice the walking routine which is why it's good to practice ahead of time before you even leave
0: yeah just know your pose is what works best for you because you won't have the staging pattern until you show up there they don't give you anything in advance so it's just here's what it is figure it out so you just have to watch it pay attention and then practice in your hotel room
1: yeah I guess they're kind of preparing you guys to kind of always be ready for whatever right exactly do you feel like a lot of the little things that you kinda of talked about, like losing your evening gown the way you want it, like if they take it away, or the lack of truly preparing, or just a lot of the changes, do you think a lot of that kind of um got into the women's heads and kind of pulled away the front one? Run- well, not the front runners, kind of pulled away people who were truly prepared from people who were just there competing like do you think that a lot of the little mishaps that was going on during the whole week separated people and you can kind of see who oh. was really ready mm-hmm.
0: yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. there were girls in tears backstage because they were struggling walking in their evening gown and they didn't feel good in it and i i know that that would be crushing if you feel like you can't even walk across the stage without tripping that can really affect your performance and it did And I think it emotionally shook some girls. And then also you can't help at Miss USA because you're all going to different events. You can't help but look at other girls and say, Oh my gosh, they have her placed in the front for that, for that camera angle, or they're interviewing her for that clip. Do they like her more? And some girls really focus on that stuff. I did hear a little bit of that backstage for me. It was no concern at all, and I'll have to say, I hung out with Sarah most of the time because Nebraska and Montana were right, were right beside each other in rehearsals, and Sarah really wasn't concerned about those things either, and I think that really speaks for her and for any title holders. I know that when I go into other pageants, I don't worry about those little things, but I do think that the little things can deter you from winning that crown and being your best self and being focused if you're just always thinking about those when you should really just be thinking about
1: how to be your best self. True, Okay. Right. I was always curious about Miss USA. So I'm glad you um, answered those questions for me. I appreciate that. Yes, of course. All right, so let's talk about life after Miss USA and kind of what you have going on now. Yes. So I know that you're, well, we you know that you're a huge YouTube sensation, oh. uh, at least in my opinion. <laughs> like what got you started doing YouTube and where do you kind of see yourself going in the next few years with it?
0: YouTube was an accident for me. I stumbled across it. It was because I had so many questions from girls and they would Facebook message me and ask how can I win National American Miss? And how how can I do this in a pageant or what do I do for this? Just because I had had a lot of success in that pageant system. So what I decided to do was create a couple of short video clips answering the most common questions that I received. So I created those clips and I left them on YouTube for about a year. I didn't pay attention to them. I didn't know that being a YouTuber was a thing. I never really watched YouTube. It was very rare.
1: When was and this? Like around what year?
0: That was 2014. Okay. So I had just created those, threw them online, left them, and let them sit. And then about a year later, my mom had mentioned to me, she said, hey, have you checked out those videos that you posted a while back? Because there's a bunch of comments on them. And I said, really? That? Oh, wow. I didn't <laughs> even expect that? Okay. I've just been kind of copy pasting these videos and sending them to people when they have questions so I said I'll check it out I couldn't even remember the password for the account honestly (laughs) (laughs) I was struggling to log back into it so I finally recover the password and I log in and I see all these questions so I start answering them and it made me think well is this something that I could sustain could I create a channel around this to help other girls So I started Googling, trying to figure out and learn about YouTube. And then I realized, oh, there's YouTubers. And then when I saw people make a living or a career off of it, and I said, wait a second, I can get paid to make these videos? This is a great idea. (laughs) So I started just doing, I just started doing that. And it took a long time, I would say to I guess I think that you have to have a thousand subscribers before you can monetize your account I believe that is but I was just fortunate because I know a lot of people struggle with getting past that first thousand subscribers but for me because I had such a niche on YouTube which is really difficult to find nowadays I had that niche there wasn't really anybody else out there doing what I was doing and offering the, the valuable content I was offering so I was able to build up subscribers pretty quickly. And then I would say getting past that 10,000 subscriber mark was the next difficult challenge for me. There was always, it's like real close to 10,000. <laughs> and then after that right now, um, the subscribers are just kind of, they come a lot easier, I would say, after you reach that 10,000 mark. And now the next goal is like 15,000 and 20,000 and all of that stuff, just so I can reach more people.
1: Yeah, some of your highest or best videos, I have over a 100,000 views. Yes, which
0: isn't that much compared, I know, compared to other huge YouTubers, but it's a great start and it's something that now that uh, that my title is winding down, I give it up in about two weeks. So now that that's almost over, it's kind of really nice because I was putting all my energy into the title and being Miss Montana and preparing for USA and now all my energy is going into strategy and researching my analytics so that I can create better content for viewers and really grow the channel. So that's where all my energy is going now.
1: That's pretty cool. And you were actually nominated for the 2018 Global Beauty Awards for Best Social Media, Best Video Blogger, and Best Pageant Content. So congratulations on that.
0: Oh, thank you. I was so excited about that. That was such a wonderful event to go to. And just to be nominated, I was, I was nominated alongside other really I would say popular pageant title holders or as well as the pageant planet. So that really excited me to
1: even be considered in that conversation. It shows that you really know what you're talking about and people trust you. Oh,
0: thank you. That's yes. Yeah, thank you. I guess I hope it does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so as your year has been running, winding down, what has life been like as Miss Montana USA?
0: It was insane I'll say this to any girls that are just being crowned or want to participate in USA or Miss America, because I feel like there's you know, kind of similar big titles, is that your year will be what you make of it. And I live in a state that's clearly not a pageant state. So we don't have quite as many you know, red carpet events or things to go to in Montana. You know We have rodeos and we have fairs and we have things like that. So for me, it was really important to get out there and make the most of the title. So I decided to travel for most of the year and go to other USA events. So we worked with Sherry Hill. We worked with the USO. We got to go to New York Fashion Week. I went you know, to the Miss Universe offices. I went to a PBR, a bull riding event. So there were so many things that I got to do throughout the year. But it was because I, I chose to do that. So your year will be what you make of it and it'll be as great as you want it to be, I would say. And that's why I'm using it up to the very last drop. That's why I'm leaving to New York Fashion Week again. And then for I'll be there for this week. And then right after that, I give up my title the next week. So I wanted to use it till the very last day.
1: <laughs> what is some of your favorite places to travel or where?
0: Oh, where? Well... I've mostly traveled domestically. And I'll say that as Miss Montana, the places that I went that stuck out to me were Virginia Beach. That was my first trip that I took. And it was just so nice because it's really cold in Montana, as many people know. (laughs) So for us, it was already cold and it was already starting to snow. And then a couple of weeks later, I had gotten to go to Virginia Beach, which I'd never been to. And I had no idea that the Atlantic Ocean could be so warm. So I was pleasantly surprised that I got to go swimming in the morning and then obviously work with Sherry Hill model for a big fashion show for for the USO so that was a blast and then also getting to go to Austin Texas I had heard great things about it and it lived up to its reputation and now I just need to go back because I felt like I didn't experience enough of Austin Texas so that was another really really fun and I would say just unique city with lots of really good food too so that's I, that always pleases me is whenever there's really good food. <laughs> same,
1: <laughs> no, yeah, that's definitely a must. Um, <laughs> I always tell people, like, when you travel, don't eat the same food. Like, don't go to McDonald's if you're traveling. No. Like,
0: oh, you, no. you have to go to local places. You have to just
1: do it. <laughs> yeah. And not even like the local tourist places. Go, like, into the city, city, and yes. talk to locals, see where they go.
0: That's what I do. I always ask. I try to ask if I'm at a hotel or something like that. I'll just ask a concierge. she will say, where are the places that you would go? Not touristy, but like, where would you and your friends hang out? And those Mm -hmm. are usually the best spots.
1: True. True. What would you say has been the most defining moment as Miss Miss Montana?
0: Oh, wow. Well, defining moment. I... I think that's, I feel like there's sort of two. I feel like there's a defining moment when you learn something about yourself as a person. And then I think that there's a defining moment as a title holder where you feel like you somehow were impactful or made a difference. And I would say I learned a lot about myself throughout this year. I learned about things that I liked and didn't and goals that I had and for me, something that was self-defining was about a month before Miss USA, I was preparing for everything and I was just running around like a chicken with my head cut off and I was trying to, you know, get all the last minute wardrobe and gowns fitted and all of those things. And I had this moment when I realized, oh my gosh, I don't need to be Miss USA. I had always wanted to be Miss USA, but I said, I don't need to be here anymore because What I had done as Miss Montana, I was proud enough that people were even noticing me or putting me in their predictions for who would place or who would win Miss USA, which isn't common for my state. And I would say that I felt like I had changed the organization itself for being Miss Montana, like I was able to raise the bar in terms of social media or what's expected of a state title holder. And I liked that because for me, that's important. It's like my legacy. But I felt like the title and the experience gave me that extra boost, that extra platform I needed, for example, for my channel, which is really what Miss USA is all about. It's helping women get to that next step. You know, Being Miss USA is not the end all. Um, But getting to your ultimate goal is so for me that moment was about like I said a month before the pageant when I realized wow I've done so much as Miss Montana this year I don't even need to win I don't need it it, it would just be extra for me but I've done so much that now I felt like I was set up for success after the Miss Montana title and then I would say as a a moment that was defining for me as a title holder was this past summer, I went to go and MC pageants for national American miss, which I love doing because I competed in that system growing up and I love being backstage with the girls right before they compete and sharing my knowledge and encouraging them and also getting to meet a lot of girls that watch my channel. And there was this one moment I was in Ohio and I was surprised because they had an orientation at the pageant and I was introduced on stage with all the other staff members. And when I walked off stage, a ton of little girls in this orientation and keep in mind, I did not have a crown and sash on. This was not like, Hey everyone, this is a Miss Montana appearance. (laughs) I was working and a ton of little girls came up to me for photos and autographs without a crown and a sash. Um, Aww. it was, I mean, they came up to me because they watched the channel and a lot of them didn't even know I was Miss Montana, which was hilarious to me. Cause I was like, how do you watch the channel and not know that I miss Montana? Cause there's quite a bit of content devoted to that. And I had uh, one little girl specifically come up to me and she said, you live the life that I want. Aww. And it was so simple. But it meant so much to me because I can remember being that little girl. I can remember being her and looking up to another title holder and just going, oh, my gosh, if only I had her life and if only I could be her. And this is what I encourage so many girls to do now. I looked at her and I said, you can. It's all about setting goals for yourself and sticking to those, committing to those goals and, and keep going. And, you know, maybe you don't become Miss Montana. And maybe you don't become Miss USA. But it doesn't mean that you can't still be impactful. I mean, I honestly think those little girls didn't even care if I had a crown or sash or not. <laughs> uh, they, they cared more about what the channel brought to them. And for me, that was more of a big picture thing. And it was more important than really having that crown and sash. So for me, that was, I think, a defining moment.
1: I think it's, it's so, like, it's like a great, like, 360 when we're competing like me and you as older women to help inspire little girls but it's the little girls who inspire us yes yeah it's so it's so it's
0: very cliche but it's so true because a lot of the things i do i just think about the viewer i think about who's gonna be watching it
1: yeah wow i love that story Love that story <laughs> thanks <laughs> okay so of course we're talking about pageants and prosecco on this podcast. Do you have a favorite type of wine that you like to drink and enjoy?
0: Well, I'm just a fan of wine in general. I I would just feel like there's never been a wine that I don't enjoy. (laughs) But recently, I tried Tower 15's The Jetty, and that was really good. That was a red blend. I do lean more towards reds, but then I try not to drink them all the time because I feel like they're going to dye my teeth brown. So, (laughs) So I try to mix things up when I when I do have
1: wine I actually come up with like a good hack for that because sure. you are not the first person who say that and I actually went to a wine tasting for my job mm-hmm. and I had to try and of course spit it out so we tried so many different types but by the end of the day I had like purple teeth
0: right <laughs> I'm
1: like what the heck
0: yeah it's like purple teeth and a dark like your tongue is dyed from it
1: yeah like you've been eating candy all day or something
0: exactly exactly
1: <laughs> Okay. Well, thanks. Okay. I got an idea for another, another episode. We'll, go, we'll cover <laughs> that. <laughs> um, and do you have any book recommendations?
0: Yes. I would love if all pageant girls read the book, She Wins, You Win. It changed my perspective on competition. The book was written by Gail Evans who was this, I believe she was a CEO for CNN or something like that. Um, kind of like being the only woman in her job position. And she writes the book from a perspective of being, I would say more in corporate business, but so much of what she said rung true to how women treat one another whenever there is a competitive aspect of their business or industry. And to me, you could easily apply that to pageantry, especially in pageants, because it's all women. So I would I would say, ladies, go read She Wins, You Wins. It changed my perspective, and it made me realize that the women who are surrounding us in pageants, it's not my competitor. They are the new girl that I'm in a network with. They're my new best friend, and we're going to go out and support one another and help each other just accomplish both of our goals.
1: I love that. I love that. Like, we don't have to compete all the time. We can use each other, for, you know, to help each other come up.
0: Exactly. I really believe there's more than enough opportunities for everyone in life. There's plenty of opportunities to go around.
1: Mhm. And you never know who can help you do something. Like we're not all experts in everything, but so you exactly. might need somebody to lean on.
0: Exactly. We all. I just think we always have something to learn, and then we always have something to teach as well. So share that with everyone.
1: <laughs> mhm. I love it. Okay. She wins. You win. Okay, I gotta look it up. That's for my next one, my next book. (laughs) So when you're not busy being a beauty queen or a YouTube sensation, or uh, are you, you're also a singer too, correct?
0: I, oh yeah, that was like a past life. I did pursue music in LA for a couple of years. So I was all about that life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) See, so that's one of the things I was just thinking, I read a great post on Instagram the other day. People don't post their failures. And if I look back at life, that might be considered a failure because obviously I'm not a Grammy award-winning artist. So (laughs) ladies, don't feel so bad if something doesn't work out. Like for me, like I said, I love being a performer. So now I'm just a performer in a sense on YouTube because I like to entertain people there as well. And for me, that kind of brings me that same fulfillment that singing did um, of entertaining people.
1: You know, I just watched Gary Vaynerchuk yesterday. And he said maybe not maybe you're not meant to bet meant to be like a YouTube person. Maybe you meant to be like a podcast person. Maybe you're good for the radio. Maybe you don't have mm-hmm. a face necessarily for a video. <laughs> maybe you have the voice for audio. Mm-hmm. And you just gotta just find what you're good at and not necessarily it might not necessarily be what you want to be. Like Charlemagne Lagarde, he's a radio personality in New York mm-hmm. on The Breakfast Club. And in his book. One of the chapters is called like, you know, like F your dream because <laughs> he wants to be a rapper and he really, really wants to be a rapper really wants to be a rapper. But one of his mentors were like, you know, you're better at talking and he's famous or infamous for talking crap. Well, he, he's very honest. He's very, very honest about people, whether they like it or not. <laughs> and so his mentor told him, you know, you're not meant to be a rapper. You're probably better talking you know, being a radio personality. And that's ultimately where he shined because he focused on his energy on being a rapper and what he kind of wanted to do. He wouldn't be as famous as he is now on the radio doing what comes naturally to him, which is talking honestly about people, you know? Right. So you got to figure out what are you good at and what can you do with it? And it might not necessarily be what you want to do. Because maybe you're not a great singer and you want to be a singer, but maybe you're good at coaching singers. Or maybe you're good at managing singers, you know?
0: Exactly. That's a, really, that's a really, really great point. And for me, it just sort of comes back to that really simple saying, go with the flow. And so I felt like I was always fighting in the music industry. And it, obviously, the music industry is not easy. And I felt like I was just like constantly trying and trying and working. And nothing was happening for me, right? Nothing was going right. And then I sort of stumbled on YouTube, and then suddenly that started working. And now because of it, I've had all these beautiful opportunities to travel the country. And that's something that I love doing. I just love going places on trips with friends, which, I mean, who doesn't like traveling? But (laughs) I've been able to make it a little bit more of a career, right, and to do collaborations and give it a little more purpose. So it was all, I think, because I decided to stop fighting, you know, stop fighting against that music industry and just go with
1: something that started to work yeah yeah and often like what you're meant to do the doors will kind of just like open up for you like somehow some way i don't know how i got this job but right (laughs) it happened to work out you know yeah
0: exactly that's
1: how that's how you know you're walking in your purpose yes Mm -hmm. so i would say like what do you truly like to do because like you even like you said you like to travel so maybe you your vision at one point was to be a musician and to go to other places as a musician. But mm-hmm. what you really wanted to do was travel. So God set it up so that way you can travel, but not necessarily as a musician, but now as something else, but you're still traveling. And that was yes! ultimately the goal.
0: I never thought about that before because I dreamt of having these big world tours and doing all of those things. And now I still get to travel all over the country and I get to go to pageants and then I get to meet people who watch my channel and they still fangirl which is like adorable so (laughs) um it's still like I'm getting to you know live that lifestyle which is really cool
1: nice so what do you do when you have free time like how do you find your free time and then when you do find it what do you do
0: oh there is not much of it but you know especially right now just trying to grow the channel and uh for anybody that wants to be an entrepreneur and successful in something sometimes you really got to have a couple years of just grinding it out and sticking to what you're going to do. So I feel like I'm in that phase once again. But when I did have more free time, what I loved doing is just, i it sounds so silly saying it out loud. I just love going to the library and checking out books and then going places by myself and reading. And I typically read nonfiction. So I like self-help. I like business or I like industries that are similar to mine. So talking about marketing, branding, social media, business, finance, all those things. So I just, I just love reading and learning in my free time because a lot of times like our lives get so busy and you know, you're trying to be Miss USA, you're trying to be Miss Montana, you're trying to go to school and have a job and all these things. And we don't devote a lot of time to sitting by ourselves and learning and writing down our big, picture goals and dreams or our short-term goals and dreams and focusing on that so in my free time I like to spend it alone typically and just sort of center myself again and check in with myself and see like what my progress has been in life for my goals and where I want to
1: go I love it I love it. always always a, a student <laughs> yes I love it I love going to library too I go to the library and, like, check out, like, five books just to, like, have books around. Might not get through all of them by the time I do back, but it's just nice to just, like, and then you just see so many options. She's like, I just want to just be here all day. Exactly. I could sit
0: in a lot. Exactly. I could sit there all day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So do you have any life advice or any personal affirmation you would like to leave with us today?
0: Yes. So something that I've really been resonating with is that, growth and comfort do not coexist. So if you want to move anywhere in life, if you want to get out of whatever your current situation is, if you want to win a pageant, if you want to get a job, if you want to apply to a school, then you're going to have to do things that make you uncomfortable. And I'm not saying a lot of discomfort, but anytime you start to feel a little bit of discomfort and step outside of what you're used to doing, you're going to be growing and getting closer to whatever that goal is. And if you don't necessarily get closer, you'll probably get redirected in another direction that you're really meant to be in. And that was reiterated to me in a book, it was I believe it was called the tools. And what they basically said was that if you stay within your comfort zone, you are trading that sense of safety, that couple minutes where we feel like, okay, this is where I what I feel comfortable with doing. You're trading that sense of comfort for your ultimate goal, because most of the time, whatever your goal is, it's going to involve doing something that you ne- you might not feel good doing just yet. So I always ask myself in terms of growth and where I want to go in life, okay, whatever the obstacle is that's in front of me, am I avoiding it and am I not doing it? And am I okay with uh, sitting and just being comfortable? And do I accept that, just being comfortable? And am I okay with um, having that instead of accomplishing my goal? Because really it's a trade-off. You can't have both. You're either choosing to be comfortable comfortable and stay where you are or you're going to be doing something you might not necessarily feel good doing at first and then you, you're getting closer to that goal so which do you
1: want you have to make a choice I feel like you was just talking to me
0: personally <laughs> <laughs> oh well yeah, I am but <laughs> but, but really <laughs> but really to everyone it's you always have to think of that in those moments where you see something that you want and when you want to take a risk and you're like, Oh my gosh, should I take it? What are people going to think? What if I fail? You know, we quickly, our minds go a million different ways and usually not in a positive direction. And it's like, okay, well I can stay where I am and I can be comfortable and I'll have that comfort to just hold on to. Um, Or I can branch out, be a little bit uncomfortable and actually get to that goal that I wanted. So
1: You have to. You got to (laughs) choose. Love it. Thank you for saying that. I think I. I know all our listeners also need that too. But thank (laughs) you for saying that. Yep. I appreciate it. This has been a great time talking with you today. Thank you.
0: I'm so glad that you invited me and that I could share a little bit with your listeners. Hopefully give them some insider info about Miss USA because those are things the questions you asked I always wondered those things too so I was glad I can finally share all that
1: yeah I mean we only see the girl who wins our state and then they're going to Miss USA and then what we see on TV so it's nice to know like what goes on um, behind the scenes and to give like a real show like you know what can you expect because a lot of people go to Miss USA might be surprised you know? right right so much for talking with us today. I I sincerely I really do appreciate it. This has been just like a great chat with you. Oh. And I'm so happy that you agreed to do an interview because I was just I had you like down on like my when I started the podcast. I was like, okay, I gotta talk to Danny. He was one of the first people who are like I gotta talk to Danny. I love it. it was like a vision.
0: yes Yeah. And see if you <sighs> hadn't have reached out then nothing would have come from that. So you just have to sort of take that
1: risk and say, I'm going to try to talk to this person. (laughs) So, True. That is true. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great time. And you were a great Miss Montana USA. And I'm so sad to see you give up your title in a few weeks. Yes, but
0: it was a good time. You truly
1: have... you, You really did change the viewpoint of Montana and just like of that state so you are definitely a trendsetter and a legacy in the thank
0: making. you so so much and uh just to let all of your listeners know please continue to follow my journey even beyond miss montana i would love that i'll be sharing a lot more about pageants and success and just really just how to be a girl boss how to look like one and that's the new direction that i'm going with for my channel so you guys can check me out on youtube dot com slash danny walker you can follow me on social media on instagram at danny walker if you want to know more about pageants at pageant access so there's lots of ways to get in contact with me if anybody out there listening has more questions about pageants or business or life or whatever they want to know
1: all right thank you danny yes thank you so much I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope your glass is empty. And if you can, please subscribe. And if you want to even review this podcast, wherever you are listening to it, subscribe so that way you get my newest episode every time it drops and you guys can tune in. Until next week, you guys, cheers and thank you for listening. I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.